Today, Shivani Na gives us insight into her music and her clothing line, Ross Apparel. She plays with two other bands besides her solo music and shares her take on creativity and whether art is made from a place of happiness or sadness. Do you agree with Shivani that a hobby is something you do for fun and not seriously? Or can it be both? Have you ever seen a nun get off a bus and pee on the side of the road? Did that leap give you whiplash? Tune in to the end of this episode to catch Shivani's original song called Where's the Faith? All right, welcome back to another episode of Creative Conversations. Today we're talking to Shivani Null. She is a keyboardist, and it, did I get your name wrong? Is that no, why you're no, laughing? No, I burped into the mic. <laughs> I heard that wasn't recorded, but whatever. And then I outed you on it. <laughs> uh, Shivani is a singer and a keyboardist, and she's got her own clothing line. Uh, so today we're going to talk to Shivani about all of the creative things that she does and how creativity plays into her life. Yes, let's talk about me. <laughs> okay, so before we restarted with that clap, we were talking about your music already, so let's mm-hmm. dive back into that. Um, we were comparing your how sound to your solo music, and mm-hmm. like I guess it's not really solo music, because you said you have a band, right? Yeah. So you're in two bands, and just one of them is dominated by how sound, and one of them is dominated by you. Yeah. Okay. Which one do you want to talk about first? Oh, um, I guess... We can start with my band, or like me. <laughs> the Shivani experience. I'm, yeah. <laughs> Since it's my show and you're interviewing me and we're doing this podcast about me. so I guess, yeah, we'll probably touch more on how sound while we're talking to Graham. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, like, we can talk a little bit about that, too. I mean, like, whatever. So, how many songs do you have on your... You're, you're currently getting ready to put out... Is it an EP or an LP? Um, as far as I know, an EP. EP. Okay. How many songs do you have on your EP? Um, it's interesting you asked that because I thought I had three and then just recently, I, I, I mean, just yesterday, I feel like I feel a song coming on. So it's ongoing. I guess I'm writing it as we speak. That's why. Mm. Yeah. So if you zone out while we're talking, it's because you just got a lyric for your new song. (laughs) Maybe, maybe if something you say inspires me or, you know. Here's hoping. It happens to me sometimes. Last summer I was sitting on the deck with my sister and uh, we were just shooting the shit about something. And like every five minutes I would say something and it would just be like a three word rhyme. And I'd be like, damn, that would make a good lyric. And it went just like the whole day. You did come up with a, you did, when we met, when we met like a few days ago. Uh, Yeah. uh, You did. Well, I can't remember exactly what you wrote down, but the thing I said is that we were meant to sing to each yeah, other. Yeah, I wrote that down. Yeah, see? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> singing is, song, I think, to me, is the the natural language. It's the one that we're supposed to communicate with. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially because when you create a song, it makes you condense all of the most important thoughts and feelings into a very few set of words. Yeah, I think it's really beautiful. Like, today I was teaching... I teach vocals as well. And sometimes my students actually really do inspire me because I have a, an, an, an Indian classical singer taking voice lessons from me. And just the way she's singing, 
like it's funny right because i am a master of what i'm doing well close enough anyways you're always learning but like we started <clears throat> she was she was copying what i was doing because we were warming up and then i was like okay sanj like now i want you to freestyle on this and she went wow and she went uh, like i can't do what she's doing i'd love to learn a little bit of that but that just totally inspired me for the song you know because i was doing like harmonies with a certain chord chord progression and i was able to do harmonies with my with my students and with this girl she was doing this classical indian freestyle on it and i just did just blew my mind and i'm thinking oh my god i'm going to write this song like you know so i guess yeah when you asked about my ep like i thought it was three songs but it's going to be a fourth song too i guess coming in That's fantastic. Yeah. That's four more songs and you got yourself an LP. But sorry, I think I lost my thought. What was your question though, which made me like Uh I mean, originally we had started talking about like we were going to go between your music or how sound music. No, we had started you, talking about your music. Well, no, you were talking about like the topic of like we should be singing to each other. Oh, yeah. I don't think I had a follow-up. Did, did I? Yeah. I was just saying that that's what I believe. Cause... Okay. Okay. <laughs> I had a point to that like the reason why I was sharing about like um about um my student anyways whatever it's been a long day okay let's go <laughs> um so were you and your students singing to each other is that what inspired it do you felt like you were communicating on another level while you were singing together and that was what inspired your song um yeah the song that I'm about to write yeah the start of it too it's really cool yeah Uh so one of the things that I'm always extremely curious about when I'm talking to people that write music mm. is what is your process or inspiration for the actual lyrics themselves like I know for me as a writer what inspires me and quite often it starts with like a walk outside or like trees forest uh, mm -hmm. staring blankly at things and then words will just start to like form together in my head So I I always want to compare to other writers and see what their process is. Uh for me it's this it's the same thing but I think it comes from like when I'm feeling a certain way and I sit front in front of the piano and I play a melody I like and it's usually a melody that doesn't You play a lot of different melodies but there are some melodies that just stick. And then some life lesson comes along or something in your life happens and it's like, "Ah, what can I I don't know, it's just like for you to emote and transmute." And after what after that, what happens is like, "How can these words and lyrics What's the melody? I guess I always just focus on the melody and I start humming." Um okay so for you it doesn't mm, start with words at all. No. Mm -mm -mm. I've heard other musicians tell me that too. Yeah, um I guess the intent behind it though like what am I feeling and then the melody because the words are secondary to the melody the sound is like more important. The sound conveys more of the emotion than the words. Like you don't really pay attention to the words that much. I do. <laughs> I mean, I do, and they're important. But then you that that for me, yeah. like if I pay attention too much on the words, it forces it. Whereas if it's a melody, oh, interesting. It's not okay. And then the words have to make sense, of course. Like yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, I guess that's How do you one. fit words to a melody? That's something that I've always found. Like, as someone that has no, like, musical training, really, mm-hmm. to this point, besides what I've started to learn in the last year, uh-huh. uh, I've always been curious about how musicians fit words to a melody. Can you talk about you, that? Yeah, I tell you something funny. Like, I, pl- I was playing these two chords, right? And, um... I don't like you anymore. And during the summer when it was hot and I was horny, I was like, oh, I wish someone would ask me out. <laughs> and so I sang about it because it was so whimsical. Like, But no, I just felt like it was so beautiful and I felt like people should be asking other people out more and stop being afraid because I just came back from the Dominican Republic where people were so like interactive compared to Canada? I was in Mexico this summer and I had like pretty much the same experience. Like people are actually willing to smile at you and talk to you in other places. But here, everyone, as soon as you make eye contact, they look down. I don't know. People smile at me and they don't look down. I don't know about you, but... Wow. (laughs) Okay. I guess I'm just not popular. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of surprised too. Like even even when I'm feeling down and you're feeling shitty... I'm surprised, like, people actually smile at me because, like, when you're not feeling good internally, like, externally, things don't seem to work out. But these past few days, it's like, why is everybody so, like, happy? I think I figured it out. You don't think they're looking down because when they look down, that's when they make eye contact with you? (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah, okay, maybe. (laughs) Oh, that's funny, but, um... Yeah, coming back, coming back to So I don't even know the words anymore because I'm not in that mood right now. But I love the chords that are so, you know, so that was a song that I'm not going to release because that was just for my own joy and for my girlfriends and I to sing together (laughs) alone, you know. But now I feel inspired to write, uh, it's too early to say, but I do feel like that's such a cool chord progression and with the the in like the indian classical singer singing and the harmonies that i've been hearing i'm like whoa so i don't really know the words but i know that it goes so so the only words in there are don't like you anymore do you just like eventually fit words that kind of sound like the chords that you're playing it might not be don't like you anymore it may be like like if you take all the consonants away it you know you're really good at talking without actually saying words (laughs) (laughs) i guess that comes back to what wraps it up um i think we lost our train of thought i went off because you were talking about how music can convey so easily with a few words yeah and i was teaching this song called corcovado it's this beautiful bossa nova number from jobin and um final flicker of life's ember and i was explaining to my students like do you know how romantic this song is till the final flicker of life's ember till the final flicker of life's ember because a a girl asked me and she's from nepal and she's living here she's one of my students and she's like what's ember and i'm like ember's like a coal that's about to die but it's like still hot how beautiful is that line it is pretty beautiful. It's profound. It's, and it's, pa- like, it's, it's profound, like yeah. It's like the... Um... I will love you till the final flicker of life's ember. Oof. Oh, my God. <laughs> the, the beauty and impermanence aspect. 
And it says so much, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. What kind of music inspires you the most? <sighs> oh, um, what kind of music? Like a genre? Or like... It doesn't need to be a genre. It could be an artist okay. or it could be like other specific sounds or instruments. Mm. Like for me, I love piano and violin above all other instruments. Oh, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> no, that's cool because I jam with a violinist and we actually have a violinist in our band, um, Faez, who plays a lot of Persian style. Skills. Okay, so your band, you have you as a keyboardist mm -hmm. and you have a violinist. What other instruments are in your band? Um, so recently there's an addition of Thomas, who you heard play with How Sound. Mm. Yep. And Wait, he's so he's in three bands? He plays with How Sound too. We're kind of like sharing him. Yeah, but he, he was telling me about another band he's in called Brothers Summer, Summer Brother. Summer Brother, yeah, yeah, with the drummer who's Summer Brother, Connor. So we're kind of all just sharing each other. All right, all right. In our own projects, but I think that's what's You're so cool. You're taking turns being the lead on what songs are going out? I think that's, yeah, I think that's cool. I mean, I definitely want to work more with them so that we can all, there was a moment where we all got on the mic and sang, and I think that's cool when the whole band starts jumping it's fun. in. Yeah. I mean, that's what you're there to do is jam together, right? Yeah. But the whole, like, one vocalist and, like, I don't know, that's not my style. I mean, I like everybody to just be sharing harmonies and voices. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's more dynamic and more, like, inclusive. That's, that's <laughs> something that uh, Graham had kind of touched on when we were talking at the bar, too, was, mm. like, how unique it is to be playing in a band, especially something that's, like, jazz-inspired because you really need to feel each other while you're playing. And it's mm. not the same as having a structured song that's just, like, one person playing a song. They know how it goes and nothing ever changes. You kind of need to, like, feel how the other musicians in the group are transitioning and like work with it and run off of it. And as someone who can't play an instrument, to me, that just sounds like wild. How, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm really careful. Like we're almost like telepathic, you know, I feel like when you have a good connection with some musicians and they can feel you so easily, it's like the communication is like wordless. Sometimes it's kind of like, Oh, I better watch my thoughts around this person. <laughs> But it's cool. I, I don't have the answers. I think it's just being able to communicate in a different way that's like sonic and it's it's cool. Yeah. Do you play any other instruments besides keyboard? Um, I consider the voice a the voice an instrument. Yeah, I mean that's true, especially for people that can sing without needing instruments to support them. Yeah. <laughs> there is a difference between just being able to sing and a vocalist. Like I'll tell you that. Like a vocalist knows how to like scat and just play with their voice and then there's singers that just sing if that makes any sense um no mm -hmm. just the keys um harmonium you know um but in terms of like a real instrument yeah just the keys okay mm -hmm. um when you are playing either on like in your solo stuff which isn't really solo stuff or in how sound stuff like What's the difference between those two styles? Mm, um, I guess my... Graham, how sound does a lot of trip-hop and, like, down-tempo 
It was it's definitely a... the most unique set of music that I had <laughs> personally experienced. Yeah, yeah it's kind of Portis heady and massive attacky. If you've ever heard of Portis Head, yeah. He has a bit of that grindy, grindy. I have a friend that did a burlesque dance to Portishead song in university. Yeah. 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 Yeah, um, So I think he's really inspired by that. And I I feel like throughout the the years, just like him as a mentor and my experience just traveling and getting into sound healing and just my classical background. Um, just, I guess mine's softer. It's more neo soul. Um, whereas Graham's a bit, yeah, he's definitely trip hop and down tempo and jazz. And then he chucks in like house music in there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it is a very uh, unique combination. Dude, we talked about that. I'm like, bro, you cannot be chucking in like house music in a trip hop set. That's like for trip hop, like house and techno, you know? So that's how different we are. <laughs> What venues do you guys usually play at? Is it always similar to that one? Like, do you have a, a place that you frequent or do you bounce around? We bounce around and it seems to be more like the Cascade, the Club Pub. Um, so, yeah, we did do like a festival last year um, called Electric Love. Sounds like a fun festival. <laughs> Everyone on Psychedelics in that <laughs> yeah. festival. Um, yeah, so I guess that's... That's where he plays. We play. He did. He does like house concerts too. He performs on his own too, like solo when he can't get us. Like when we're busy. <laughs> do you ever perform on your own? I do. Yeah. Um, so I have a show coming up at Guilt and Company next year because I'm going away. So it has to be next year in March. Um, I do perform on my own, but I like the the support of other musicians very it's very so. it's very liberating and nice to perform alone too i i um yeah it's kind of it's nice when people come up to you and be like wow oh that was enough for you like the piano and the voice that's just enough no like harmonies backup vocals like all of that other stuff right that make you sound good but it's nice to know that you just sound good just like that <laughs> Definitely would be a vote of confidence. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so you mentioned earlier that you're traveling and that you've traveled a lot. Uh -huh. um, something a common theme throughout my life is that every time I've traveled, it has drastically increased my amount of perspective and thus my creativity. So I, I would love to hear from an artist. Like, how has traveling affected your creativity? So much. Oh my god, it's like, that's why I want to do all these things that I'm inspired. I want to do it now, but it takes time. I, I feel that, I feel that. <laughs> and consistency, right? Which is Consistency is probably one of the hardest parts for a lot of people. Mm. It's yeah. actually that if you ever get into golfing and you want to improve if your I golf game. If ever get into golfing. <laughs> assuming that you don't golf, do you golf? No, I do not You didn't golf. strike me as a golfer. Yeah. Um, not but the consistency. Pants, no? The checkered pants? Mm. Not, not just a little bit? I don't think I... Maybe like an original Scottish person with the <laughs> high socks would wear those kinds of pants on the golf course. We'll have to get Adam's opinion on that when we're done here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Adam is one of my best golf buddies. so he And he has more fashion sense than me. So he'll, he'll be able to let us know if those are golf appropriate. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that look you gave me when you looked at my parents, you were analyzing, all right. <laughs> okay, yes. If I ever get into golfing, like as you were saying. But yeah, back uh, to the consistency part. Yeah, consistency. Um, Mm-hmm. Most people will suck at golf relentlessly because despite all of the things that they try and prove, they never work on their consistency. So mm-hmm. if you like, I feel like that's something that trips up a lot of people outside of just golf is like they are trying to get better by biting off a very large chunk of something rather than trying to repeatedly improve on a smaller piece. Does that make sense to you? Can you say that again? Like, I want to I wanna download what you're saying right now. Like, like, a lot like of, I need this. <laughs> a lot of people have time, like, completing something uh, or, like, improving on something because they, they see that they suck at it and they want to be better, but they just, every time they try it, they just, they suck and that's all they see, right? Whereas mm-hmm. if they broke that down into, like, okay, I suck at this small thing, this small thing, and this small thing, and together that makes me suck at the whole thing. But if I focus on improving this one small thing first, Mm. even if I suck at the other two, I get good at that one, I will eventually get good at the other two, and then I won't suck overall. And it's a lot more approachable because you're breaking it down into smaller chunks. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense at all? Yeah, it does, yeah. Do you feel like it would be a useful way to approach things for you, or does it... I do. I do approach it like that, actually. Yeah? Yeah, and I think that's why I'm successful at some things. <laughs> at some things. What some would you things. consider yourself successful at? <sighs> and when I think about that, I just feel like there's so many things I can improve. This is like always continuously climbing a, a mountain. Don't you feel like you're when you've achieved a mountain, it's like you look up again, it's like another mountain. But you turn and you're like, oh my God, like I'm on <laughs> Everywhere a mountain. Everywhere I look is mountains. <laughs> it's just all mountains <laughs> everywhere. Oh, One of my man. favorite lines in any song is uh, from Sweet Child of Mine. If I claim to be a wise man, it surely means that I don't know. Mm. And like every time I think that I've mastered something, I try to remember that line because... It reminds me that there is still so much work to do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Facts. Do you have any such inspirational lyrics that you always come back to as a musician? Mm. Um, My own lyrics? Well, yeah, let's let's talk no, about that. No, but it's that. true. Like, you know, you make these poems like songs. Like just today I, I, I watched a reel by Alicia Keys where she wrote something, a poem called Golden Child when she was coming up. And I think as you come up in your career, there's a, as an artist, I guess she was just trying to say like there were a lot of people doubting her sound and her style and who she is. And there will be a time when you just have to stand your ground and know that you are a, you are who you are. And she wrote this poem called Golden Child and she shared it. This was written like 20 years ago when she was still starting out and she read this poem in this talk show. And she was just saying, I'm going to make this a song. And um, anyways, coming back to uh, lyrics, I guess what you're asking is like lyrics from somebody else or lyrics by myself. Because I mean, as a, it could be either because as far as I'm concerned, like the only reason that most lyrics would be in a popular song that we would know is because someone at some point was obsessed with them and said mm. that the world needs to hear this in a different way. So 
if you are that obsessed with that sequence of words, it has powerful meaning to you, which means it probably could have powerful meaning to other people. Mm. Yeah, I guess a lot of there are a lot of artists that inspire me and a lot of lyrics that do. But from the top of my head right now, I have to quote Sade, which is very simple. It's nothing like deep. It's pretty easy. And she says, cherish the day. You won't catch me running. Cherish the day. Show me how deep love can be. Yeah, it's just that. It's really straight up. Um, Some of the best lyrics are the ones that are just straight up. Like, there is no hidden meaning to it. You don't need to look deeper. Everything that it's trying to convey is just right there. Yeah. Exactly. So that's why, like, I think, I guess my, my, um, my, uh, what's that word? What's that word? Uh, my not slogan. That's <laughs> <laughs> such a wrong word. Mantra. My mo- Yeah, my motto. My my mantra right now is that that lyric. Cherish the day, cherish the day. And to to the point that, um, I think when Graham sampled, cherish the day, and I ended up singing creating lyrics and this was like five years ago when I wrote this lyrics and I wrote a poem called Virgin Mary and he was like on vinyl and zoom, and cutting it right when you hear Cherish the Day and so that's why when I sing Virgin Mary which is on How Sound How Sound's album and How Sound's set like that's his song I do say Cherish the Day I Cherish the Day I Cherish the Day and then I get into like Virgin Mary, which is very different. Um, but it's just inspired by that song. It's one of my all-time favorite songs. How long have you been making music? I would say like five years. Making music? Like five years behind closed doors. And what got Not you on to Not being seen. It? Don't see me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel that. I'm still there. I have <laughs> lyrics for 14 songs written, and eventually one day I will try to put music to them. But first I need to learn how to play the piano. <laughs> hey, you could just be that writer dude that worked with Elton John. Hey, show me your lyrics. <laughs> I, um, they're on my computer, which is sitting outside of the room I at mean, the moment. No pressure, but I, I mean, I guess I'm just saying like some... I, I realized... I I realized like writing lyrics is actually also a gift. I mean everything is a gift, but like writing lyrics is not everybody can write lyrics. Like you can be a rad cellist, but that's that's you. You know how to emote with you're not a wordsmith, you're not a poet, you're not a words are not your gift. You're a cellist. So maybe you need a writer to write for you and share those words with you. Hey, I have lyrics. Can you put it in a song? Just like that guy that wrote for Elton John all the time. I didn't know he had someone that followed him around and wrote for him all the time. They were friends. I I mean, they would have had to be for... I I didn't mean he was a stalker. (laughs) (laughs) Here's my lyrics. Tiny dancer. There you go. I can't hear that song without <laughs> thinking of the Friends episode where they say, hold me closer, Tony Danza. <laughs> I must have missed that that episode because I watch, I swear I've watched every episode of Friends. Pretty huh. sure everyone who is like 25 or older has seen every episode of Friends at least once, if not five times. Yeah. I, <laughs> wow. But it's, I, I, I want to watch it again just for Matthew Perry, you know. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. He was... He should have been in more things. I feel mm. like we... Even though he was in a lot of movies, I feel like he could have given us, like, more amazing content. Because he was a phenomenal actor. Like, a great comedian. Yeah. But maybe he needed more for himself. Uh, that's a very good point. I did mm. not think about it from that perspective. <laughs> You're like, Definitely. give me more. Give me well, more. Well, I guess where my mind was there is that, like, to me, if someone is acting and they make it big to some degree, like, mm. they want to be acting. Like, it is, they became an actor because that was what they were passionate about. Yeah. So, like, in theory, it would be no different than me wanting to go out and play golf because I love golfing. They love acting. It's just, it's what they do. So, to me, it would be, like, him working on his hobby. But I realize I can't mm. say that from his perspective because I have no idea. Mm. Um, yeah. And especially, like, a lot of artists do find a great amount of loneliness and depression, even though they've hit a huge amount of success. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually curious. Do you have any opinions or perspectives on that? Like on as, depression? So, like, <laughs> to me, creativity makes people happier. Creativity has mm-hmm. made me from a depressed person to a happy person, and mm-hmm. I know, like, that path for me. Yeah. But I know for every artist, they have their different journey. Mm-hmm. And... A lot of artists end up finding themselves in depressive cycles. So, do they like? What is your opinion on creativity or making art and depression? Have you had to fight depression while making art? Hmm, that's interesting. I wouldn't know because, like, you know, we were talking about Matthew Perry, and that's like a high level artist that you know, paparazzi. You know, like it's a different world. It's a different world. It's like a different. Um, but I guess your question was like, have I ever gotten depressed by making my art or while making my art? Is that your question? Not, well, actually, I guess. Or the outcome of being famous or the outcome of being popular. Not even just the outcome, but the process, I think, can be very discouraging for a lot of people, right? Especially... When you're trying to make it big uh, or you're trying to get your name out there, yeah. there's always going to be haters. There's always going to people be people that don't believe. Mm. Uh, there's never going to be enough support because, like, unless you accidentally happen to have a ton of super rich friends and family that are all super talented and do exactly the things that you need them to do to mm. make your career happen. No, I like, think that's a limited belief. I, I mean, just on that point, I'm going to stop you because like, you can be successful even without the money. Like, there's a lot of ways to to be successful as an artist. And you don't really... You need funds, you need grants, but you don't need, like... Well, I mean, in the sense of, like, to finish your project kind of thing right like if you are a musician that's Mm -hmm. trying to record an album but Mm -hmm. you haven't recorded an album before and Mm -hmm. it can cost you like five to ten thousand dollars or more to record an album and then like distribution can also be expensive so i don't mean like to make a ton of money to get rich i mean literally just to like make enough money to keep making your art Mm -hmm. i guess that's when you gotta like really push it and be good at what you do and be of service to people and somehow that money will come I don't know, like, you don't really go into art doing, like, 
the money like you go into doing art because it brings you so much joy and then it brings joy and then you find out like that brings joy to other people like I was so self-conscious about this meditational piece that I did like there's another side of me right like you heard me do house on it's gritty and grimy like bandit queen and it's like all heavy with the with the hip-hop beats and everything and then like on the other side you see me dressed in white and I feel like this divine angel singing oohs and ahs and doing meditation right like you're safe you're home and you know but and saying all these words in my meditational um in this meditational piece and I want to pursue a bit of meditational music because that stuff actually made me feel good and I released it a little bit just a teaser on Instagram and it was well received um um, there's this alternative side, like when I have cacao ceremonies or like full moon ceremonies that I want to host next year, like just bringing people in communion and singing. Um, I guess this is maybe this is not a culture um, uh, that some people are aware of even, but there is a there there are a lot of us. There are a lot of people that are into that kind of stuff. What is a cacao ceremony? Uh, so you drink you drink really like pure chocolate until your okay, heart so like just literally starts is just chocolate. Pure okay. chocolate though. Pure like, chocolate. Pure, pure like cacao. from like what the Mayans have. Then what the yeah, cuz I don't think so a lot like of people have had real hot cacao chocolate. Cacao ayahuasca. It's, there's no psycho like you don't get you don't fly you don't fly out of your body or anything your heart just starts beating really fast and it's like op- like a heart chakra opener it opens your heart and then when you kind of okay. like yeah and just coming together I think I think a lot of people we're always searching for communion and connection and we want to feel everybody even though we're afraid to be seen and heard just from observation we all want to be we all want to be seen we all want to be seen I mean, that, I think that kind of comes back to the fundamental, like, every teenager acts out to get attention from their parents kind of thing. Yeah, even and though, toddlers do that, too, because they yeah. used to, yeah. So even if we don't, like, we say we don't want to be seen and heard, like, we do. We do. We desperately um, do. And so coming back to your question about, like, me, me, does music um, depress me right now no no if you're doing the right type of music i guess i guess i haven't reached that kind of fame or popularity where it's crushing me and i have to meet the demands of my director or producer i guess those kinds of external demands definitely do add pressures but i I want to go back because you said you do art because it makes you happy and it brings us joy yeah but for a lot of art i guess the examples that i have are of like mainstream artists that people would typically know right like yeah um but a lot of artists are depressed so uh, like it's kind of in conflict with what you just said we do art because it brings us joy which is true i absolutely agree with that but so what's making these artists sad i don't know Okay, I mean, that's fair. I don't know. I mean, maybe we're just like having these antennas and we just like are put on this earth to absorb all this crap and like filter it out because we're extra sensitive. Me and my artist friend talked about this and it's like, it's not the healthiest thing. I'm not saying like by any means you're better or more successful. Like, and just everybody has a different way of processing and that's why it makes it so interesting I have a friend and I got to know her really well this year and um, I really liked how she wasn't really emotional about a lot of things 
Whereas okay. I would be emotional about things and she was so laissez-faire and chill about other things. Whereas I would be touchy about these things. And I'm like, I didn't compare. I just looked at like, oh, there's something I can learn from her to be less like, I guess my mom would say it like, for lack of a better word, sensitive about things. Mm. And I was talking to my friend like, sometimes it's good to not be that sensitive, dude. Like, in as a, even as an artist, like, even as a person, like, don't be so sensitive about things. Uh, like, Very much like, so. Like, like my friend who's like, not that sensitive and I can see how she can like, focus better she moves on she's lord knows what she's feeling on the inside though and that's when we we got yeah that's when we got into that conversation where that's why i almost feel like when i have an emotion i have to pay attention to it and then flush it out and really deal with it and feel it before i can even like well i'm trying to juggle my life but like but you know what I mean? And she, my friend added, my artist friend added, like, but do you think that's healthy, though? Like, not being able to, like, pay attention to your emotions or, like, transmute that into your art? Because a lot of people then feel stuck, right? That's why you go for therapy. You go for, like, bondage. I don't know, like, all kinds of things. Bondage? I don't know. <laughs> I don't no, know what you do release. with your friends, but I don't go to bondage <laughs> with mine. I don't either, but I guess that's why you get all these, like, quote-unquote, now they're acceptable but weird ways of or very normal ways of releasing whether it's dancing or like dancing is a great release yeah from the body or yoga or like but also obscure like weird things that are kind of not the norm because that's how people release at the end we're all human beings trying to release but we don't some of us have not found our way to transmute that energy yeah, and I don't know if any, I don't know if any artists, like, do you, do you, are you saying that all artists are depressed or have no. this tendency? No, oh, God, not at all. No, no right? I'm because just saying that, like, so. Through observation, I'm like, wow, you're such a happy artist and you're a good artist too. It's like, usually there's this saying that you have to be a bit depressed and whatever to, to really feel and get that out. But I've seen some. You can be happy and produce good art. I, I haven't completely flushed this theory out, and yeah. it's kind of based on a like a line from a movie. Um, so like, don't stake me to a cross for this one. But there's uh, essentially I have a, a running theory that there are like two places that people make art from. Mm. There is a place of people making art. Uh, out of a place of unhappiness mm. where essentially their trauma or their life experiences are coming out in art and they are using it as a form of therapy kind of thing. Mm -hmm. The other type is Which art. could be therapy for other people. Absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. And the other type is art that is made by people to make other people happy. Mm -hmm. And like I would give an example of that as Sia's music. Like Sia's music, she... She doesn't like popularity, but she makes music that makes other people happy. And she has to share it with the world even though she doesn't want popularity. So you're saying she makes music, but maybe that's because she feels happy and that's how she feels. Like, is it coming from... Oh, like... it, it absolutely... Okay. Like, she loves making music. That's just what she wants to do. And, like, yeah. she's... Tr like, she does this thing where she sells a lot of songs to other artists, right? Like, she predominantly mm. just loves writing and making music. And she'll send samples to these other artists to try and sell them the songs. 
And if they reject the songs, a lot of those rejected songs end up on albums that she releases because <laughs> she just wants to make the music. And then they end up being some of her most famous songs. Yeah. And like to me, I've always got this intense sense that the music she makes, like, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of music that she has that she's made like to like as a form of therapy or like as a coping mechanism or getting something out or to tell a story or whatnot. But I feel like the primary motivation for a lot of her music is to try and make other people's lives better. Mm. Like, do you think she like, um, um, like intentionally goes into the studio and is like, sits down and is like, what does the world need now? And what, like, do I, I want to produce happiness or I mean, make people feel happy with my music? If I'm totally honest and I have no idea if she actually does or not, but so she, uh, she's in a group called LSD with Labyrinth and Diplo. Okay. Labyrinth Sia Diplo, LSD. Uh, and based on that album and a bunch of her other music and some of the psychedelic experiences I have, I'm quite certain that she is very well versed in psychedelics. Yeah. And I, like, somewhat of that theory is that, like, she has found some amount of peace in the world through her experiences, whether they be psychedelic or not. And through that piece that she has found, she wants to share some of that happiness with others. That's, I guess, kind of the angle that I see it from. Mm. But it just, like, it made sense to me after listening to one of her albums on psychedelics. <laughs> mm. Really cool. Yeah, cool perspective. Hmm. All right. It's time to ask you the number one question that I ask everyone I talk to on this show. Okay, and drum roll, please. What does creativity mean to you? What does creativity mean to me? Um, oh, I don't know. Well, dig deep. <laughs> I will sit here patiently in silence until you give me an answer I'm satisfied really? with. One hour later. Uh, <laughs> Two hours, hours later. later. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we just get your fourth song. <laughs> um, what does creativity mean to me? Um, just being able to channel really clearly. Channel really clearly. Okay. Mm -hmm. Can you elaborate on that? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Dig deep. You can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> Gotta use the bathroom. Oh no, I'm kidding. Um. <laughs> Get me out of here. <laughs> um. Mm. I guess it's not like, okay, what does creativity mean to me? I guess like from my perspective, like what's coming to my mind is innovation. <laughs> so it sounds so technological, but, but as like a, as a, as a storyteller myself, um, just being in just producing something that inspires. That's yeah. It just inspires. And truthful. Yeah. Truthfully spreading inspiration. Yeah. You got the slogan. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Mm -hmm. Why? What does, what does creativity mean to you? Uh, to me, creativity means 
to be creative is to be human. To be human is to be artist. I think we were all born to be creative. We were all born to be artists. And one of the reasons why people are sad and depressed is because they don't embrace their creativity. They don't embrace the artistic side of themselves. And like to pull it back to my personal perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, what were you going to say? Go ahead. Well, I've noticed like, yeah, just going back to when I observe toddlers, um, yeah, all of them are creative. Some of them are, everyone's creative, just creative in different ways, but that creativity is there. Absolutely. I don't a lot know how of it gets lost, though, along the way. Yeah, lots of people like to just, that they they say they're not creative, and in doing that, it shuts them off from their creativity. It makes creativity. me very uncomfortable when people say that, actually. I don't know why it makes me uncomfortable i almost feel bad when they say that i feel like i have i'm respond like i have this responsibility to say like no you but i stopped because it's not my place you know there's some things but it's kind of like now you know i mean sorry go on like when people say that it kind of hurts me a little bit i mean (laughs) i i definitely understand to a degree it hurts me too because to hear someone say that they're not creative means to me that that person is not completely in touch with themselves and a life that is not us like a life that is not whole and is not in touch with itself is almost always distraught does that make sense <laughs> so, yeah like from my perspective i grew up as someone that believed very firmly in numbers and science uh, yeah, you sound like a numbers and science guy. For a lot of my life, absolutely. Like, I went to engineering school. Um, and then in engineering school, I realized that I'm not the numbers and science guy that I thought I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so, like, all the time through that period, I was mostly a miserable person. I did not take care of myself. I didn't live the life that I wanted to live. Mm-hmm. And eventually the universe put me into the film industry and in the film industry, I got to meet a ton of creative people and in doing so, it really helped me embrace my inner creativity. And only when I started to embrace my inner creativity, did I start to get over all of the things that made me sad, mopey and depressed before. Mm. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... That's good. So, that's good. Like, like yeah. yeah, so that's that's what creativity is from my perspective. Like it, it is a fundamental life energy that we have. And when people convince themselves that they're not creative, it to me feels like they're shutting off a piece of themselves. And similar to like if people are suppressing their emotions, they're going to have a bad time. Like yeah. if you are suppressing your creativity, you're probably not enjoying life. It's true. It's like painfully true. <laughs> yeah. What other creative Sex. hobbies do you have? What creative hobbies do I have? Yeah. I'm allowed hobbies. Um... <laughs> of course you're allowed hobbies. Who said you're not allowed hobbies? <laughs> well, I like to surf. I think I can surf after like six months of waking up in the morning and surfing every day and getting pummeled by the waves. I can like paddle out a little bit and ride a mini wave, you know? Woo! Woo! I mean, that's more wave than I can ride, so... (laughs) 
Um, yeah, the ocean teaches me a lot of things. And do you need a smaller surfboard? No. Or do you use the full length? Um, I think there's there's like a long board and then a short board. I like the long board just because it's easier. Short board is hard. It's hard. You're balancing on a shorter board. I mean, there's I guess, some dudes yeah. that are your height. You're like six foot. Yeah. You're like six foot. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Soft or hard. <laughs> <laughs> Being funny. It's just like a joke I read somewhere, okay? <laughs> that caught me off guard for a second. <laughs> that was a good one. I need to remember that. <laughs> um yeah. So I've seen dudes like you like surf like it's it five foot five foot boards. Like there's a short board. All the pro surfers? Like, yeah, but on a full-length board, it's like twice the length as you, I guess, is where I was going with oh, that. Oh, no, I think it's separate. Like, you want a long board or you want a short board? It's like, do you want a long board like, or do you want a skateboard? Do you know what I mean? There's long borders. Skateboard would be a lot harder on the waves. It's <laughs> yeah. not a lot to work with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess, like, have you surfed? Never. Have you ever tried in, even in Tofino? I've never been to Tofino. The closest what? I've been to Tofino is Taco Fino. <laughs> Great place for lunch, by the way. Solid burritos. Oh, that's funny. Is Taco Fino from Tofino? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course it does. Probably sense. the most famous it's thing that's ever come out of Tofino, honestly. Um. <laughs> um. Yeah, okay. What was the question again? <laughs> uh, you asked if I had ever surfed before, and I said no. Oh, yeah. My hobby is surfing. I like to eat food. I guess that's not like a Eating hobby. food is a great... Cooking food I is like a creative hobby. I like riding my bike. I mean, I'm pretty blo- pretty basic, really. Like riding my bike, you know? Like kissing the sun. Like just like... Kissing smi- the sun. Smiling while riding my bike gives me so much joy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hobby. That is a simple and peaceful existence. Yeah, so nice. Um, that's it. I know, girl. Like people will say, like yoga. I'm like, yeah, that's part of life, right? It's not really a hobby. Oh, like, interesting. Do do? Let's yeah. dive into that. What do you consider to be part exactly. of life and not a hobby? Where yeah, yoga is part then? of life. Dude, it's not a hobby. It's like I gotta like. Yeah. Is there anything else that you consider part of life and not a hobby that's like that? Because lots of people would consider yoga a hobby. Yeah, that's right. It's, I'm just realizing myself as I speak, like, um, what was the question? <laughs> Hobbies. Do you con- Hobbies. What else do you consider? My name is Hobbies. <laughs> Hobbies. It sounds like hummus. Yeah. <laughs> um, what would I consider a hobby? I guess something you just do for fun but not seriously. Okay, so you do yoga seriously, <laughs> which makes it part of life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that is that what you would classify like, your music you say, as, just, too? Yeah, yeah. So music is part of life. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, like it's a limb. Like if I, oh my God, that's a limb, you know? So, oh. What other non-fleshy limbs do you have? Okay, then? so hobbies, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, you specifically said these aren't oh, hobbies. Oh. Um, I guess meditation. I try. I try. It's like a limb. It's like activities. Um, 
I honestly, I was expecting you to mention your clothing brand in this because that seems like an incredibly creative hobby oh to me, and God, you just you haven't given you a chance to plug your clothing brand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, guys, yeah, I do have this clothing mall called Ross Apparel. Um, Ross Apparel. Ross meaning nectar in Sanskrit. Oh, interesting. Nectar. Um, Why would you choose nectar for a clothing line? Because like thought, nectar is something you drink usually, right? Yeah, but it's like nectar. It's like juicy. Okay. Juicy apparel. All right. When you say it like that, that's actually pretty good branding. <laughs> Isn't there a line of clothing called Juicy? I know, but it's not. That's why I called it Ross. Okay. Yeah, because like yoga is a lifestyle. Traveling is a lifestyle. Like living freely. Like kind of bit of like a Phoebe buffet, right? Like a Phoebe buffet and Rachel, I guess. So you just equated yourself to Phoebe Buffet and you don't remember the Tony Danza episode? No, exactly. <laughs> I know. I should know it because I've watched Friends a lot, like five times each episode. Uh, maybe if I watch it again, I'll remember. But um, yeah, um, part of life. I don't really have a lot of hobbies. I guess that's why I said riding my bike in the sunshine is a hobby. Because <laughs> I can live without it, but I enjoy it. Okay, okay. So... <laughs> you mentioned that traveling is a way of life. Do you consider your life to be traveling as a way of life? Yeah. Because like, in the brief conversations we've had, you have mentioned several places that you've been to. Mm-hmm. So touch on the importance of traveling in your development as a person and a, as a creative. I don't want to because like, I'll be like... <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. Next no, question, wait, please. Wait, no, wait, let me let me say this because like sometimes... Some like might be sometimes it's good to sometimes it's good to be a bit selfish, you know, and some things are so good, it's like oh, I just want to keep it for myself. But talking about traveling is too good to share with I people. should share this. Well okay. Yeah, I do like to travel and I travel like potentially like three months to six months a year. Yeah, it's a good life. That is definitely a lifestyle choice if you are doing it that way. It frequently. is, and it's not for everyone, actually. No. Actually, just um, this last summer, I had a traveling violinist staying in this room before I turned it into a sound studio. Uh, what was his name? Uh, she, actually. Her name was Eva. Um, okay. Her YouTube account is Worldwide Violin, if anyone wants to check that out. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, she just, like... Through my roommate, a random person that he met in Italy texted him before last summer and was like, I've got a friend that's coming to Vancouver. Do you know anyone with a room? And he was like, me, I've got a room. And then we just ended up with this absolutely wonderful violinist staying in the house for the summer. And wow. yeah, her music was beautiful. She would go down and busk at Robson and uh, uh, other places around the Lower Mainland too, but um, almost everywhere in the Lower Mainland, security will, like, kick you out if you don't have a permit for busking. So right. Robson was one of the only places she could go where she wouldn't get removed by security. Mm. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. She, she just travels the world and busks. And uh, apparently she makes way more money doing this than she did as a music instructor in the Czech Republic. Well, yeah, violinists do get... Yeah, you can make good money if you're good as a busker. For sure. Yeah. You might be getting at least 100 an hour if you're good or 200 an hour. Really? Wow. Yeah. If you're, I mean, it's really like not. Have you busked? This is, yeah, yeah, I have. And no. if you're good, like, 
you do you know you find a you find a good spot and you if you're good and you know what the people like it really like um for me actually like it shapes it humbles you and it shapes shapes what you're delivering to people you kind of see like their reaction and what people stop like uh i mentioned i was really shy before i'm still I'm not shy anymore, but when I started, I was shy. And uh, I was singing this song. And this lady walked over and totally like... I mean, you see people walk past you and not pay attention to you. And you're singing your heart out and playing and putting emotion into your song. And there was a moment I said like... Um, I think the lyric of the, the song was like... Um, we are all... It was like... We are all related in love. Give me strength in this love. And she stopped. Just like I was repeating that. And she just first ignored me, stopped, turned around, took off all her change in her pocket and put it down. Wow. Yeah. And it's 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 interesting, right? You don't know what people are going through and what needs to be said or what they need to hear at that time. And they reward you for it. I mean, yeah, that's like coming back to why lyrics like if it is as i was saying if it's that stuck in your head there is going to be someone else that needs to hear those words too hopefully (laughs) (laughs) that's what i'm banking on (laughs) hey if you feel me you feel me thank you i'm not alone (laughs) i'm not alone anymore (laughs) do you have a favorite area that you busk in in the lower mainland i do i'm not gonna share my spot though what if people want to come see you play nah all right. I know y'all hearing me and they you just... want my spot. No. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. It's somewhere close to the water. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of water <laughs> around here. <laughs> We're next to the ocean. Um yeah, there's some good spots. You just gotta just gotta find it, gotta explore. <laughs> All right. No advice on where to bus <laughs> from Shivani and no no tips on where to find her if you're interested in hearing her music. <sighs> You can find me through Instagram or like <laughs> Facebook or something. Instagram is best, I guess. I can't give you my number or anything. It'd be too personal. <laughs> we can superimpose it. it on the screen if no. you want. Just give it to everybody. No, please don't. <laughs> oh yeah, I did a show with um at Granville Granville Street Party, and then towards the end, I was like, "Hey guys, don't be shy. Come up and talk to me." Like you know i'm always an open person like y'all can come up and talk to me and i get to know me don't be shy i'm not a stranger you know if you want to talk and then uh, and then it just got awkward because i was like in my head i was like but don't come up to me with your problems right (laughs) but the drummer behind me connor was just like yeah just he was the one that said it in my ear and i was like yeah come up and talk to me but not about your personal problems (laughs) I don't know. It was funny. People started laughing because it's true. <laughs> like, you want to be open to people, right? But just putting... Yeah. yeah. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <clears throat> as a curiosity <laughs> for people that are trying to break into, like, well, break into, break out when they're trying to get started... Because it it requires a lot of bravery to get up on a stage and sing in front of people or to, like, share your art with people. Mm -hmm. What helped you overcome that hurdle, that internal voice that tells you that it's not going to be good or that people won't like it? 
One is knowing your craft. Um, so I think what pushed me was because I started singing at nine and I was like already making up songs and then my mom heard me and then I serendipitously like there was an opera singer living just across the street and so I guess I crafted that skill but you know um it wasn't an easy path for me there were a lot of times where my confidence was broken and severely tested right life got in the way and um what pushed me was that belief that and also, like, I could not not sing and play music. It was like I had to do it. I don't know why. Like, I asked myself, like, I just have to do it. Like, it's what I'm supposed to do, I guess. And I was, like, denying it so much. Like, is it for the fame? Is it for, like, popular? Like, why do I even need to share this? And then, you know, you get the confidence, like you push yourself up on stage, you make all the mistakes because you're nervous, but you know you have to do it. Like, you know Eminem, like why why did he, he wrote a really good book, but when I watched Eighth Mile, have you watched Eighth Mile? Oh yeah, that I didn't know so he wrote good. a book though. Yeah, yeah, so powerful. I need to check that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, the I thing that I found weird about Eight Mile though is mm. that he, like, he's in it, mm. he made it, but there are details from it that... Like, he purposely made some of the details not accurate to his life, but his life detail would have made just as good of a story. I'm, I was always super confused as to why he would do that. Just, like, little changes here and there. How do you know he made those changes? Because you can, like, a few years ago when I, I rewatched 8 Mile, I don't know, maybe like four or five years ago, and after watching it, I was like, that thing, I don't remember that thing. And I went to, like, Wikipedia, and I, like, looked up a couple of the details. Because, mm. like, some of the music that he's released since that movie, like, it mentions, like, family or friends or, like, certain things that happened in the past kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. And I just remembered that song or that lyric while watching the movie. And I was like, wait, but I'm pretty sure he released something that's, like, different than what the movie just said. So I went back and I double-checked, and yeah, there were just, like, little details here and there that were slightly different. Who knows? Hollywood, man. Yeah, I mean, could have been Hollywood, definitely. Maybe, like, some personal detail he didn't feel like sharing in the movie. Yeah, I think sometimes you want to bit it. Also, by the time yeah. he, like, by the time I rewatched it, I think he had already had his Recovery album out. And between 8 Mile and Recovery, there's, like, 15 years of relapsing and, like, therapy and trauma getting over and whatnot yeah. right so could have been stuff that he wasn't willing to share back then that he got more comfortable with sharing after his journey through several stints in rehab yeah, yeah. um i guess like yeah we were coming back like what you know like you saw him puking right like dude why would you put yourself through this you know like this makes you puke and you want to go on stage. What made him do it? Why? Why put yourself through this shame? Like you're going to get booed. What made him go up on stage? Even though he was, as he was saying, like knees weak. Mo like puking, Arms are mo heavy. Vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti. Mom's spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. Right? So it's the same thing. Every time when I get nervous, I think about that. I'm like, nah, you got to have like an inner fortitude and just like, I don't know. I just do it you only live one life like i think to me that's the biggest part is we have one life 
and you are going to regret the things that you did not try way more than you are going to regret the things that you tried and failed at. You know who said this point and beautiful thing on the bus years ago and she was a nurse. She was a Filipina nurse and she just whispered to me, she's like, which one would you regret not doing? I swear, man, every time I pass by that hospital, I think, which one would you regret not doing? So simple. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Go and do that one. Yeah, that's a great filter to apply to life. Absolutely. Mm, Yeah, and it's just like you meet public transport men sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I've ever met someone in a positive light on public transportation. Although one time, one of my earliest memories of riding a bus uh, I was like probably 12 or 13, not like school bus, but like public <laughs> transit bus. A nun got off the bus, squatted next to the road, lifted her skirt and peed on the side of the road. And in that moment, I was like, is that a real nun? Or is it someone in a nun costume? Because I feel like a nun wouldn't do that. Oh my but gosh. But like, yeah, that lingered with me for so long. Clearly, it still lingers with me all these years <laughs> later. <laughs> I just pictured that. Yeah, I'm wondering too. <laughs> and now it will stay with you forever too. <laughs> yeah, did you know you were on the bus? I mean, it was the middle of the day. There was like 40 people on the bus. She knew she had an audience. <laughs> gotta express yourself, man. You gotta express yourself. It's all bottled in. She was in public. Here's her chance. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, so All right. before we wrap up here, I want to mm-hmm. ask you if you have any advice to give to people that are trying to get started or trying to embrace their creativity to try to build that internal confidence. Yeah. What advice do you wish you had when you were trying to get started? I'm still getting started. <laughs> oh, I mean, you absolutely are. But there's always someone who is further back than you that is struggling with themselves internally about like do i get on that stage do i like do i play this song for somebody do i even write the lyrics like mm-hmm. there's for every person that is comfortable sharing their art there is probably 10 people who have it locked up in their room somewhere mm Is it so? This is for the individual that wants to share their work but does not know how to share their work, right? I mean, it's because some people just want to have their work but they don't want to share. Think it of it as okay. giving advice to Shivani ten years ago. Oof! Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> oh my goodness! I think I would say like you are. Um, you are so capable and you are so gifted and like don't ever deny that from yourself I feel like you deserve to be seen and heard and you have a message to share with the world that would make it that would bring light and the world needs more light and you need to just Hold on to that. Not hold on to that. Like, not even hold on. Like, allow. Allow that. Um, and trust in the light that you have and that 
is with you. And that's why you have to share what you have and how important it is to bring that light, to shed that light to the world and others. Because then it just multiplies. I mean, very much so, yeah. Mm. I think the kind of similar to the, the point I made earlier about people that make art to make other people happy is like you are trying to spread that light with to other people try and make other people smile or trying to make other people's lives better by sharing your story or your art yeah. or whatever it is you know but there are a lot of like first responders and people that don't necessarily do art but they do bring so much like nurses and people that care and um, I have a very loose definition of art. Okay. Remember how when I said to be human is to be artist? Mm -hmm. I think anything that we are very passionate about, that we take great pride in doing and take great care in executing on, yeah, that is art also. And what comes to me right now is like Lauren Hill did this. Um, she did this. Uh, talk at this university which was really profound and she said something like sometimes when you're used by God or you want to call it the universe or like channeling or whatever right like when you're you gotta be you know used to be washing dishes it's sometimes it's not glamorous you know art is not glamorous it, it's just like yeah I don't know why I said that but it's like To make the world a better place and sharing your light, sharing your art is sometimes not a glamorous thing also. You just got to enjoy it and know that you're making making the world a better place or finding happiness in that. You know? So if it's not glamorous, and what, how do you know if it's making the world a better place and sharing it? Just by doing your part, you know? Sometimes you just got to do your part. Okay, so... yeah. Putting your art into the world is doing your part for society. I guess it's just like, you know, in terms of like being in a band, I always wish like I just want to be a part of the band and not sing. I just want to play like something small or what seems to be small, but is so vital. So right. you're saying you want to lose yourself in the music the moment you got it. You're never going <laughs> to let it go. <laughs> you only get one one shot. Do not miss your chance to grow. Blow. This Blow. opportunity only it comes, comes once, once in a, a lifetime. lifetime. You no. better. <laughs> okay. All right. On that duet note, I think maybe that's where we cut it and get ready for your set. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, stay why? tuned. Shivani is going to grace us with some of her original music. Thank you for hanging out with us today. I hope you learned something, or at least had a chuckle or two. If you liked what you heard, hit all those fun buttons that keep us rolling. Now, without further ado, here's Where's the Faith.
Stronger than no me today, 'cause I love. 